This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. Right now, a lot of the world's attention is on Beijing and the 2022 Winter Olympics. It's an event meant to showcase the very best athletes in the world and to promote peace for all who participate and attend. However, behind all the glitz and glamour of these games is a concerning history of human rights abuses. China is accused of significant crimes against humanity, and in particular, crimes against the Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities based in Xinjiang. So just what is China accused of, and what does this cloud mean for the future of the Olympics? Disturbing evidence has emerged that China is forcing women to be sterilised. Hundreds of thousands of people from ethnic minorities, including the Uyghur community, are being forced by the Chinese authorities to pick cotton. Uyghurs in the US are searching for missing family members they say are detained in Chinese internment camps. The Olympics should be a time of celebration, but the cloud in the backdrop of these games couldn't be any more serious. The US and other countries have labeled China's treatment of Uyghurs as genocide. China is accused of human rights abuses against Muslim minorities. In particular, it's estimated that more than one million Uyghurs have been removed from their homes and forcibly detained, and then re-educated on Chinese values, and that many have been forced to work or even sterilized. They are oppressing the people in Xinjiang, the Muslim minorities, that means the Uyghurs, the Kazakhs, and the Turkmen, um, in such a way that we can say that it is uh, totalitarian. This is Wenzel Michalski, the Germany Director of Human Rights Watch, based in Berlin. So we, what we see there in Xinjiang are um, camps, uh, where internment camps. We hear about torture, um, rape from prison guards, um, forced sterilization, Uh, The um, surveillance is absolute, Uh, so there are uh, face recognition cameras everywhere. Um, People are surveilled on every step of their private life. So, for example, if you use your telephone more than usual, then uh, the, the police gets an alert immediately. People are not allowed to... Uh, lift their traditions, their their religion, and to speak their language. Uh, These people are imprisoned within their own country. You know, China has repeatedly prevented the UN from doing an investigation on the ground in Xinjiang, but they have said that they are open to an exchange visit with the UN, but not an investigation once the Olympics is over. So how should the rest of the world see this response? Um, it can't be taken seriously because um, if the UN goes there on this kind of like uh, quote-unquote friendly investigation under the supervision of the Chinese government, um, they will show them Pontiemkin villages. That means they will show them stuff that the Chinese government wants them to see and not what they should see. And then the Chinese always can say, oh, look, we... Uh, we, we have invited the UN, um, so the UN shouldn't go under these uh, circumstances at all. We've seen this on other occasions. For example, Volkswagen, the German car manufacturer, um, has a factory, a production factory in Xinjiang, 
and um, representatives of the Workers' Council of Volkswagen in Germany and uh, also the heads of uh, Volkswagen Germany have visited their plants and what they've seen was sneaky, quicky, clean, modern, high-tech uh, car manufacturing facilities and no people who are forced to work there because, you know, they, they are not being shown to them. Uh, they come back and say everything is fine in our factory, which isn't, which isn't actually their factory either because more than 50% is owned by, the China, by a Chinese government uh, company. So um, everything that one can see in areas like Xinjiang or in Tibet, for example, is heavily controlled and does not reflect the reality. During the Olympic Games opening ceremony, China presented two athletes to place the Olympic flame. It was designed to be a show of unity for the country. The two athletes were Nordic combined skier Zhao Chowen and cross-country skier Dini Ger Ilamajang, who happens to come from the Uyghur minority. So was this all just a political play? It's absolutely a political play. It's pure propaganda, 100%. They've chosen one Uyghur and then they show it to the world. I mean, it's like a zoo and, um, or a circus. It doesn't, as I said before, it doesn't say anything about the reality on the ground uh, of uh, Uyghurs, what they have to go through. For example, a young man, Kamal Turk uh, Yokun, he was one of the torchbearers of the Summer Olympics in Beijing in 2008. Now he's living in the United States. His father has been imprisoned since 2015. He hasn't, or 16. He hasn't seen him since. He does not have, he's not in touch with his family. This is the reality. This is how millions of Uyghurs and Kazakhs and other Muslim minorities in that region have to live. And then to pick out one nice, smiling Uyghur as, uh, for show, is actually outrageous. Because of these concerns around the treatment of Uyghurs in Xinjiang, you know, many countries decided not to send diplomatic officials to the games, and other countries like Russia criticized these moves. Is it enough of a response from nations like the US, like the UK, Australia, etc.? Is that really enough of a response to not send diplomatic officials to the games, or should more be done? It's not enough. Nothing can be enough um, to criticize uh, the Chinese government in that sense. But it is at least something, and this is the least what you can expect, not to send the highest representative of one's country to stand next to Xi Jinping and um, be used again for the Chinese government propaganda. So it is very welcome that some countries have decided not to send their um, representatives, their government uh, members to China for the Olympics. Uh, other countries have also not done it, but they didn't say because it's because of the human rights situation in China, but they mean that it is so somewhere more brave than others. Germany, unfortunately, also didn't send anybody, but uh, neither the um, Chancellor nor the Foreign Minister or the Home Secretary, who is actually in charge of sports in Germany, 
Um, they all said we're not going, but they did uh, say the reason why they're not going. Given everything that China is accused of, what does this mean for the reputation of the Olympic Games? That's coming up after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter, and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. China's treatment of minority groups in Xinjiang is under the microscope, and all of this is happening in the shadow of the Olympic Games. The IOC has been fairly diplomatic throughout the lead up to the Games, but the Olympic website talks about the IOC being committed to the promotion and respect of human rights. So given the Olympic Games are all about unity and a celebration of athletic achievement, what does this mean for the reputation of the Games? I think the, uh, the behavior of the IOC has heavily damaged the reputation of the Olympic Games, uh, which, as you rightly say, should be cause of celebration, of solidarity and um, friendship, <laughs> global friendship. And it has started to become uh, actually a symbol of repression. Too many times, too often, the IOC has chosen... Uh, unfree countries, authoritarian regimes as uh, the places where it took place. And um, in that sense, has actually actively politicized uh, these kind of, yeah, the, the, the Olympic Games and the Olympic movement, something that they are in denial of, but they can deny it as often as they want to. It's on them. They've done it. And I just hope it's almost ridiculous to say this because there have been so many alarms already, but that this is the wake-up call, the final wake-up call for the IOC and all their members not to grant any authoritarian regime those kinds of opportunities to stage for their propaganda anymore, never again. Right. So that, okay. So that's your that's your hope for the future is that uh, the IOC will take notice and uh, and not make any moves to, uh, you know, or take take a really hard look at the locations that they plan to hold the games in the future. Yes, it, it's there on their agenda. They have given themselves an agenda in 2019. They have been advised by and helped with the agenda by great experts. And, um, yeah, they should actually use this agenda. Not absolutely not understandable why uh, they haven't used it before, what what took them so long, and uh, why they don't speak up now. They have the agenda there. You know, they should now at least 
speak up, allow athletes to speak their minds if they want to and protect them. But there has been the warning of the Olympic organizational um, or, uh, Chinese organization that um, if people speak up and mention human rights and other things, that uh, they will be penalized and punished. And um, the IOC hasn't said anything to protect athletes. Also in the news today, the Financial Times is reporting that NVIDIA's purchase of ARM for $40 billion will definitely be scrapped. The deal, which received a lot of scrutiny from regulators, would have been one of the biggest ever and would have given NVIDIA control of the technology used in many devices. SoftBank, who owns ARM, are now planning to IPO the company. PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel is stepping down from the board of Meta. Thiel joined the Facebook board in 2005 and said in a statement that it was a privilege to work with one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our time. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg called Thiel an original thinker who you can bring your hardest problems and get unique suggestions. And Polygon which provides scaling support to Ethereum, has raised $450 million in funding to expand its operations. The funding was led by Sequoia Capital India and signals a major focus for large VCs on Web3 ideas. Polygon has become a prominent protocol for the creation and sale of NFTs. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. James Parkinson is our engineer. For more coverage, check out our website, thedefrag.com, and become a Defrag member. It enables you to get an ad-free version of the podcast, and you'll also get early access to the show whenever it's ready to publish. And make sure you come and join us on social media. Just search for The Defrag. I'll speak to you again tomorrow.